Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hi everyone, I hope you've all had a great week. I'm Olivia Hubbard, the editor of FitPro magazine. Thank you for joining the FitPro podcast. Today I'm joined by physiotherapist Ank, who will be sharing his expertise around lower back pain as a result of powerlifting. Great to have you with us, Ank. Please can you share with us your fitness journey so far? Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast today. My name's Ank, I'm a specialist musculoskeletal physiotherapist um, working in the private sector and high performance sports. I started off my career kind of having done a biomedical science degree where I got a good sort of foundation in physiology, neuroscience and psychology. Um, and then I went on to do a master's to become a physiotherapist. Uh, and then finishing that, I went and worked in the NHS uh, to get a bit of a grounding and get my foundation in the core areas and then went on to specialize in musculoskeletal physiotherapy, having worked with some of the top surgeons in uh, London teaching hospital. Alongside that, I've been working in a variety of sports, uh, particularly with the elite athlete from adolescent to adults. Uh, and it's just opened me up to a, a wide variety of different types of conditions and injuries that are people coming coming in to see me uh, at clinic today. At the minute, I'm based at 10 Health and Fitness in Notting Hill and Chiswick, um, where I see a variety of clients from all different parts of life. So great. Great. And so how frequently then do you see clients with lower back pain? And, you know, and that's as a result of powerlifting. Yeah. So lower back pain features quite a high proportion of my client base within my clinics at, at the minute. In terms of powerlifting, just before we go on, I just kind of break down sort of what context we're talking about powerlifting here, because we've got, you know, athletics so we have powerlifting in, in the sports setting where we have Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting where athletes are competing to lift quite heavy weights in one repetition max according to their, their categories. Uh, obviously, as we know, with the powerlifting, we have kind of three key exercises, which are the squat, deadlift and bench press. And then with the Olympic weightlifting, it forms the snatch and the clean and jerk. So that's kind of historically, you know, the term powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting is what we're referring to. But then we also have clients coming in who are your general gym goers who may train with Olympic style weightlifting and incorporate these compound body movements. And generally speaking, those are the type of people that that will be coming into clinic and that, that I'll be seeing. Uh, how there be maybe a small proportion of, of clients who are those athletes who come competing for for competitions uh, which I've seen and this is also within sport as well where they start to feature Olympic weightlifting uh, in their in their training for their strength and conditioning purposes. Great and so you know in what ways has your perception changed over time you know from the research that you've done and your experiences with your clients you know how, how has that changed how you now address lower back pain? So I think the understanding of, of back pain has evolved uh, over time dramatically uh, and is still evolving. And a lot of different models have have progressed uh, over the time. And I think generally speaking, most physiotherapists are quite happy 
that we're coming away from purely a biomedical and structural approach to treating uh, low back pain and how we know there's a lot more to do with incorporating the biopsychosocial uh, aspects of back pain and not just trying to find a structural cause or pathology for, for driving people's back pain. Unfortunately, you know, within the health and fitness industry, this still ex- exists and a lot of people are, are focused on structural pathology and trying to relate their pain to, to structure. And it's trying to just have a, a well-balanced view where there may be some incidents where people may have a particular pathology, for example, a disc prolapse with a nerve compression or sciatica, where this corresponds with findings on it, on, on imaging. However, we also know that there are a lot of uh, patients who, who don't actually have any findings on the MRI which correlate with symptoms. So I think the key with how my practices have changed and how the practice is changing for everyone is how we have to subclassify low back pain to different patient groups because their population sample is so heterogeneous. Uh, this then caters for a, a bespoke management uh, away from a one res- recipe which fits all, all clients. And I think in particular to this population of patients within powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, I think generally speaking, you know, the, that bespoke management is even more important because looking at the actual biomechanics of how, how they're going through the movements to achieve uh, the end end goal is, is really important. Uh, but I think within each client that's coming in, whether they're a powerlifter or Olympic weightlifter, is trying to categorise where their low back pain falls and, and do they have acute sciatica type pain or is it a chronic issue which has been building up over a period of time, which could be due to technique or the way that they're loading their spine into certain positions. So I think it's trying to separate the two and not trying to fit everyone into one category and give give one approach. And also just to take away any sort of misconceptions or misbeliefs about you know doing certain exercises is bad for you and you shouldn't be doing certain types of exercises because you know a trainer says so so it's trying to just be a bit more wary of what the evidence is saying out there and and, and take a bit more of a pragmatic approach with uh, these clients mm. and what what particular elements of the powerlifting discipline make it particularly hazardous for a client's lower back so this is something where kind of a recent systematic review looked at injuries among weightlifters and powerlifters. And it was actually found that, you know, in terms of the injury rates, it was similar rates to other non-contact sports, which require strength and power, how it was lower compared to contact sports. We still don't know enough information about the intrinsic and extrinsic risk factors for injuries in Olympic weightlifters and powerlifters and this is something where we need to have more research into to be able to provide preventative sort of measures for for patients in this clients group so i think a lot of the sort of risk factors and misconceptions at the minute are, are based on previous experience of clients or trainers who've had issues with patients rather than actually knowing any substantial information about that however in terms of kind of the loading of the spine and we know that high loads on the spine are placed during some of these movement movements for example a deadlift you know the average compression force through the spine especially with elite power lifters can be over 17,000 newtons so we know these distribution forces need to be looked at and it will vary entirely according to people's lifting technique what we do know though is going to the the ordinary person in the workplace, for example, that 
poor lifting technique and and higher loads placed on the spine, which they're not used to, is a risk factor for back pain. Uh, however, we just need to try and merge that in and try and find out for these particular population groups how, how, that, how that has an effect as well. So in terms of kind of within this client, client range, I think things to be mindful of uh, and to be looking at is looking at their, their training background and history. So generally find that people who are quite natural to powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting and have been training for a long period of time are actually pretty aware of their form and they, you know, progressively load their spine over the years of doing that. I think where you find that it there may be more risk is when people are going into new types of training regimes where they haven't had a lot of experience within that and therefore poor training methods can develop, especially if they haven't, haven't had an expert assessment of, of how they're moving and how they're loading their spine. Uh, so I think with that can come overloading without sort of adequate periodization, overloading with, with poor top technique and not biomechanically efficient enough to produce that movement. And then people also loading with previous sort of existing injuries and chronic behaviors in terms of how they're moving, which can have, affect their performance. And I think this is also believed built up on people's beliefs and uh, trainers' beliefs in terms of what movements they should be doing and how much they should be bending into their movement. I think, you know, the key is to, to obviously do what's most natural for the client rather than to try and fit them into a certain type of movement. So, so for me, it's really looking at sort of their training pattern and regime, looking at their technique and how, how their mobility is throughout their, throughout their body uh, to achieve the desired movement. But this can vary according to the different types of movements required for for these for these tasks mm. and obviously you know the, the fit pros listening here will be wondering you know how they can really monitor their client whilst they are performing a large volume you know of reps you know if, if the client's doing a, a large volume of reps what kind of what advice and tips can you offer in ways that they can monitor that yeah, great. So I think the the first thing is, like I've already mentioned, is that anyone with any sort of pre-existing conditions or uh, previous injuries, that's always something where I would seek assessment by a physiotherapist, first of all, to establish their baseline of how, how they're moving and where any deficits lie. From then, I think the key is, you know, going into some of these movements where you're going to maximal strength in, in one repetition, especially with Olympic lifting, where flexibility is required as well, going into these overhead positions. We need to ensure that the mobility of the joints can cope with the loads being placed on it. So, for example, you know, in a, in a deadlift and squat, ensuring that the hip mobility is enough to be able to, to gain that power in the movement. Same way with the ankle dorsiflexion to be able to get enough dorsiflexion to allow the weight transference of the knee going into going into the movement, going into any sort of overhead positions, for example, the thoracic extension and the shoulder mobility to ensure that when you're going into the snatching clean jerk, they have the optimum mobility to allow them to to gain the power in those movements. So I think for me that that would be kind of the basic starting point to, to be looking at ensuring that and whether they do certain type of exercises you know, leading up to doing their training to allow them to gain that mobility. And if not working on those particular areas, so I know, for example, in certain types of classes and, and training methods, the focus is very much on one aspect of, of the movement, the whole dynamic movement, and they'll practice that until they're able to 
do that efficiently. And I think that's quite a wise way of approaching that. I think ensuring the appropriate load, and this is something where, you know, we're quite sometimes fixated on numbers and load. And I think it's not about telling clients that they need to stop that load, because I think that's something where I found that generally doesn't work with this type of client group. If you tell someone to stop training with weight and, and that that is their, their adrenal activity that they're doing they're, they're probably not going to do that so i think it's trying to how can you manage that load or modify the loads with reps and sets and not have a such a strict format of the reps and sets so can we try and modify that load or volume over you know great amount of sets where they don't have to keep on doing that large volume in that one go until they can manage it adequately uh, so that's something where playing around with the volume reps and sets and the periodization is really key i think other things in in this area is also doing sort of the appropriate warm up and pre activation exercises. So often, you know, some people just say just doing the actual exercise or activity is is a good enough warm up, you know, re- reducing the weight. But I think there is a role as well for some people who can't isolate certain muscle groups to get them working and activated beforehand before going into the activity or exercise so whether that's the the gluteal muscles or or work working the hamstring muscles some isolation work and just getting that fired up before they're going into these power lifts yeah brilliant some really uh really useful take-home advice there um so you know kind of moving away shifting away from the from the power lifting what other exercises in the gym may pose a, a potential risk if they're experiencing lower back pain already from from powerlifting if they want to take on a bit of running or or another exercise well you know what should the trainer bear in mind yeah so i think generally again there's there's not really a a correct answer for this in terms of one particular exercise not being able to tolerate however if these clients are getting pain on these certain types of powerlifting exercises and the demand of other type of activities for example a lot of the 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 phase phase now is doing lots of these type of hit type for workouts and plyometric type training and that's great and has some really good benefits but at the same time if people can't tolerate those movements for example the basic movements like the squats the deadlifts the the overhead shoulder press if they can't tolerate that you know with with these loads then when they're adding in the speed element that's also having a, a great impact on their spine so i think those are things where i would be just cautious and and really gradually build into their program rather than just going straight into it but I think because of some of the benefits of these high intensity workouts people often go into that maybe too soon and without kind of gradually building up their their body to get used to that I think again running is something where it it could for certain individuals that that may also aggravate their low back pain uh, in terms of certain position they get into but for other people they may com- be completely fine so i think the key is to try and play around and find alternatives to how they can train but without kind of ruling out things completely so this is something difficult you know to, and, and maybe out of the scope of some some trainers to be able to you know guide them in that man- management for, for this but i think that's where working alongside a physiotherapist and a strength and conditioning coach can be really useful uh, to just provide that optimum place for the patient to to, to get fitter and stronger Mm, and, and you would obviously recommend a full body assessment as well, wouldn't you? Which is something that Ten Health and Fitness offer. Yeah, so we offer a full body MOT at Ten Health and Fitness. So I think again, don't think about having to see a physiotherapist only when you have an injury, because 
in in this performance world and the high and high sporting sort of athletes you know they're having regular monitoring and assessment of their bodies and to try and find out ways to improve their performance so often these assessments can actually find ways to improve your performance and and training methods rather than only when you've got an injury to coming in to, to see someone. So and I think that's really important and, you know, to get that message out across to see kind of specialist um, professionals who have that understanding and, but also who also look at how you're training. So I often really get people in the gym and have a look at them loading with these heavy weights and see what sort of mechanisms they have in terms of you know, compensatory mechanisms of how they're loading, if there's any particular deficits and how we can modify ways them to either reduce the pain or improve the level of weight they're, they're carrying or, or, or pushing. So I think that's also key to make sure that whatever you're, you're trying to look at and assess, uh, to take it away from uh, just the clinic room and look back at how they're actually training in the gym. And that's what most people want. And I think that's sometimes overlooked in certain scenarios. Mm, absolutely. That's really a, what a wealth of information there um, from Anne. Thank you so much for your time. Um, we will also be providing a, a client handout, which will include some suggestions of different corrective exercises, which you'll be able to find over on the FitPro blog. Uh, so make sure you check those out. And um, if, you do, if you do have any questions for Anne or any of the 10 um, health and fitness team, they would absolutely love to answer them. So do get in touch at publish at fitpro.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. I hope you found some useful insight into training within powerlifting and, you know, issues with back, low back pain in this sort of client group. Just to reiterate that, you know, getting assessed by a physiotherapist before taking on board any of this advice is well recommended. Uh, feel free to drop me any questions uh, if, if you have any. And if you'd like to come and see me at 10 Health and Fitness, uh, you're more than welcome to do that. And I think with some of these exercises as well, these are some generic exercises which are, you know, people within this sort of client group but again having some bespoke exercises for yourself is is the key here uh, so as much as these might be useful make sure you go and see someone as well to get some specific exercises to to help you in in, in your training happy training everyone cheers for more information about fitpro education and for details on fitpro membership and insurance you can visit us at fitpro.com we hope you enjoy the today's podcast and see you next time